In a world of evil priests, monosyllabic names, and a disturbing lack of pants, Dar, son of Zed, will use his bovine ancestry to become the Beastmaster. You've just got to show them who's in command. You owe me your life. But I'll accept this as payment. Who are you? I'm Dar. I'm no threat to you. Who sent you? I wasn't sent. My village, Emer, was destroyed by the Jun Horde. I've sworn revenge. And I'm following. You? Alone? <laughs> you would do well to forget me and follow the Juns. With them, you could die like a man. Not so with the priests of Ar. Goodbye, Dar. Be careful. There are a lot of bad movies out there. Listen as we try to find the ones that are so bad, they're actually good. Is it just bad? Or is it exceptionally bad? Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Hello. Welcome back to Exceptionally Bad. I'm Brant. I'm Bracken. I'm Nate. I'm Ben. And I'm Danny. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Hey. Oh, hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we just watched Beastmaster. Yes. We'll get into that in a moment. Um, I need somebody to explain what season of seasons and multiple seasons we're in. Go. I don't. I'm terrible so, at doing We're in it. the third. We're se- this is season four, season of four seasons. Thank you. And we're in season three of season four. <laughs> mini season. The third mini season. Mini season. Yes. And what is the theme of this mini season? It's guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures. All right. Wow, you guys said that very seductively. <laughs> <laughs> I was inspired. Well, we just watched Beastmaster. I was inspired by all the oil in the Beastmaster. <laughs> we'll get into that. <laughs> um, yeah, so before we do... Um, I have a question for you. So, you know, obviously the Beastmaster has his cohort of of animals that follow him around. If you were put in this situation, who would you want to be in your animal posse? So you're not going to ask us what our um, forest name is. You're, you're, you want to ask what animal. Yeah, and you can lead with that if that's where you want to go with it. We already did that. We did that a couple episodes ago. Uh, I love bears. Uh, anybody okay. that knows me knows that I just have a thing for black bears. So... Um, probably bears. Okay, for me, just and, and there was a bear in this movie. Just like multiple bears, like all different bears. Like it, wait, so what was the? He's got again? one polar bear and one panda bear. <laughs> He's no, not no, the no. beast man, sir. Here comes bear guy. He's no, like, no, no, no. I'll even allow koalas, even though they're not bears. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple drop bears that follow me around. <laughs> Only if I'm even a teddy bear. Only if yeah. I'm traveling. Breaking in his bears. Okay, Nate, how about you? <sighs> so you know, I I think of course the first answer you know is a liger you know because they're bred for their skills and magic. Absolutely. But uh, of real animals, I I don't know. I've always been kind of partial to like a lion or a wolf. I don't know why. It's probably just because it goes through all that mythology of the West that they're the animal. You know, maybe we'll go with. I'll go with, uh, you know, I'll split the difference. I'll go with fox. 
Fuck. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought you were going to say wolf well, for the for the Wait. t-shirts or something. What's what's that splitting the difference between? So it's cool, but it's also kind of a troublemaker. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got the, you get the it's trouble. Ra- the, it's rascally. Yeah. The yeah. troublemaker. You know. That's what we always think when you think of a lion, right? Troublemaker. Right, the right, troublemaker. Yeah. The <laughs> troublemaker of the jungle. <laughs> Nate, Nate, I feel like you'd also you'd also have a, a zebra. Well, that's my spirit animal, which oh. I think... I don't know why. There's just something about the, the sound of I, a zebra. It's the call of the zebra that you know just really, really sings to me. Well, just what's resonates. That, what's that sound? I'm going to try and replicate that okay, sound. I'm going right. to try and okay. use, use my voice. Do it with your mouth. Yeah. Go ahead. It sounds like War of the Worlds. <laughs> that is uncanny. Wow, I've never seen your lips do that before. So, I mean, it's reminiscent, it's reminiscent of a car alarm. <laughs> that was the inspiration. Of, Wait, that sounds just like a zebra. <laughs> that is hilarious. All right, Ben, how about you? Uh, so, if I were to have a cohort of animals, it would absolutely be crows and ravens, other corvins. I love those birds. So you'd be like emo guy. Yeah, but it's just, it's not just that they're emo. I mean, they're cool because of that. But they're also like so smart. Like it's incredible how smart crows and ravens and magpies are because they can use tools and figure out problems. They remember your face. They remember if you're nice to them. They also remember they, if you're mean to they them. They hold grudges. They do hold grudges. And it's possibly generational grudges like they will tell their children like like that sharks. that person yeah <laughs> that, that person was mean and watch out for them old man finnegan that's right <laughs> do, they, do they like the bahamas at christmas time <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no i absolutely love those birds Got so. It. so i could see you with like your hair growing over one eye yeah absolutely um my chemical romance just yes. quietly playing behind him raven at all times. with feathers over its face just the same way <laughs> It just holds its one wing over its yeah, eye the whole right. time. So I'm surprised you didn't choose evil cats because you do have at least one of those. I do. In your, in your real core. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess if I had to have more than one kind of animal, they would absolutely be second. Evil cats. Well, you get you get three, right? Three animals. If it's like the beast yeah. master. Okay. Yeah. What would be your your third? Or are you just going like just straight into all about crows? No, it's crows and all of their it's like a kind. A blackbird. <laughs> a black cat. And, I don't know, a pair of black ferrets. And, and something else that's just sad all the time. Yeah, uh, Eeyore. <laughs> now, you also yes. have uh, a, a different spirit animal. Spirit animal. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to see if you guys know what this is based off of the sound I'm going to make. You okay. ready? Yeah. Do you just have a cold? So, is that my dad at night snoring? <laughs> snoring, yes. It is snoring creatures. I think, I think you've got <laughs> asthma. Yes. <laughs> it's a snoring grandpa. My spirit animal is a... Uh, An old man with COVID. Quadrupedal uh, gorilla mm-hmm. that only walks on four legs. <laughs> One of those horse horseback uh, gorillas. A horse gorilla. Not a silverback, yeah, a horseback gorilla. gorilla. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Um, so for me, I think I would go. I, I do like the Bears. That like you got the heavy. The Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, the Bears. I also the like the Bulls. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I, I like. I've always been a huge fan and fascinated with flight. 
Okay. So I would have to go with some kind of bird. Seven forty-seven. Um, do what? A seven forty-seven. <laughs> yes. Yes. An albatross. <laughs> a DC ten. Um, no. Um, you know, I know the obvious answer is like a bald eagle or something like yeah. that, but just because you I had to write to more hair. Well, yeah. Um, I've, I've never been accused of being bald. Um, I did a, a book Tread report. Lightly. <laughs> I've always been cool my entire life. Um, <laughs> no, um, I did a book report on peregrine falcons. Oh yeah, when I was when I was a youth, and those are cool. They are the world's fastest birds, and I think that would be crazy cool to have yeah. a bunch of peregrine falcons. You know, um, a bear. I think that would be good as well. I think it's interesting that. Ben thought that the, that your choice was cool because crows and tend to fight with falcons a lot. I like birds too that's, in general. Yeah. That's I mean, why they can't sit by each other. Yeah, they, yeah. I've seen them fight like at, There's the, a at reason. the park near me. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, like a, all these crows attacking this this random falcon. Yeah, just, one one falcon and a whole group of crows, right? Yes. Maybe maybe Grandpa Falcon was just a pre like just a super jerk. And a they few all know it. Ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, His last name was probably Brody. Yeah, Brody. Yeah, and then for my last thing, I I don't know. Like, I I need something that's on par with with ferrets. So yeah, I don't know, like a a lemur, some kind of uh, like yeah, yeah. monkey thing that I can send to go do my bidding. Yeah, yeah. That'd it's funny my... nobody mentioned fish. <laughs> um, the movie Aquaman exists, so I don't <laughs> I don't think we need that. <laughs> fish. Future season. <laughs> season of the DC. So. <laughs> right. Maybe that'll be the next mini season. <laughs> Danny, how about you? Here's my trio. Leading the pack is this. See if you know. That sounds like an iPhone. Yeah. So wait, are you saying <laughs> so if Siri Durham is leading your pack? <laughs> yes. So that is a very angry elephant. Lead yes. in the pack. Then my true spirit animal, red-tailed hawk. <laughs> Not a wolf? Red-tailed hawk. For Why red-tailed hawk? Because so, they know, have the cool screech. I just grew up around here, yeah. and red-tailed hawks are all over the place around here. And oftentimes I look up, and I see a red-tailed hawk, and it just speaks to me. Yeah. Like I'm a beast master of red-tailed hawks only. Okay, so then the third. Do you actually, speak back? I, I need to edit what I said before. I think the crows actually don't like hawks. It's oh, is it hawks? Yeah. yeah. I think there's a rivalry there. Sorry. Okay. So red-tailed hawks, and then the, the third is a bunny. A okay. bunny? To yeah. feed your bird? So they, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's the, it's the type of. Who else is going to bring him eggs? What, what about, what about of, chickens, Danny? I hear you I don't know. Like chickens, chickens, yeah, they, but they, they have their utility. They're not like. Uh, the bunny, bunny. Yeah. it's yeah. A, it's the kind of bunny that's from uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Oh, the <laughs> so you don't think they're going to do anything, but then, boom, okay. they get you. They jump on you. So those are, that's my cohort. Cottontail death spawn. Yep. Yeah. Got it. Okay. We have nice. a lot of birds by our house. We got owls. We got yeah, hawks. Yeah. Well, so whoever planted our yard, we have uh, the devil's weed, okay. junipers. Yeah. Jun- otherwise, those junipers. Oh, really? Oh, completely. And, and, I uh, thought we were talking about the devil lettuce. Oh, that's a different, completely different <laughs> plant. We probably have that too, inside the the junipers and and an olive tree. Okay. So we've got this, like, 
I, I want to call it like the Ritz Carlton for the rodent population there. Ah, uh, I see. Uh, so we got feral cats. We have an owl that hangs out across the street. We get a lot of hawks. There was, there was a Cooper's hawk that used to nest yeah. at the end yeah, of our street pretty. before yeah. the, before our, uh, the tree that they nested in fell down. Mm. And they used to follow me when I'd go out running. <laughs> that would like, be... <laughs> wait, are they um, scavengers? So I think that... <laughs> I think... Uh, well, you know I have that scavenging business. Um, and so... You know I go around clicking roadkill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Exceptionallybad.com slash jerky. <laughs> But there was a Cooper's Hawk that used to, f- I would go out running and then it would fly a few streets ahead and land on the pole and it would mm-hmm. wait for me and then it would fly a few streets. Spirit guy. That's pretty cool. And yeah. So, yeah. Did anybody awesome. else see this bird? <laughs> so there's these special things I ate before. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought maybe they also have a generational grudges, you know, and they, maybe they just. Maybe. Maybe, maybe I. I inadvertently aided them in their family feud, you know, like a Hatfield McCoy type situation. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> they, they've they sworn their loyalty to you, yes, to your family. So what they did was they dropped me a medallion <laughs> that, that has a Cooper's Hawk on it. <laughs> so I want to tell you a, a true story Please. about birds and ferrets. I used to have a pet ferret, and one time I was moving from back east to out west, and somewhere in the desert, we stopped at a rest stop, and I took my ferret out for a walk. Oh, no. And uh, some lady Hold ran on, over like to me. and a leash? Yeah, it had, okay. a, it had a harness and a leash, so you could take it for a walk. And this lady runs over, and she's like, you better put your ferret back in that car, because there was another lady over there who was crying, because moments before we got there, a big hawk or eagle or something came down and stole her little dog <laughs> and flew off. And she's like, they just stole that lady's dog and they will come get your ferret. Wow. And I was like, oh, thank you. I guess we're going to finish our walk right now and go back in the car. Let's put him back in the satchel. Yeah. I don't know what kind of dog it was. I assume it was a chihuahua or some... Cocker spaniel. Something... Yeah. So I saw that video with a like Great a, Dane. Hey, no no bird has ever carried off a bear. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Bracken. So was this before or after your CD uh, incident as you were This was after my CD okay. incident. Same trip. Yeah, Just this curious. was in my adult life. That is a life. cursed trip. I know, this was, right? This was, like yeah, a couple, this was a couple stops down the highway. <laughs> <laughs> but we were still listening to Mariah Carey. No. <laughs> my ferret's name was Mariah. <laughs> So, did you see, ever see the video of like the golden eagle that was, like tried to grab a kid? Oh yes, I've seen the video. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it was someplace mm. in Canada, and it was like it swooped down, tried to pick up this kid, but the kid was just too heavy. So the kid went a foot or two above the ground, and then it dropped the kid. And it was just wow. like, dang. Yeah. So to hear that they just came and grabbed somebody's dog. That's mm-hmm. that's why I make sure my kids always eat way too much. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? It's 100% for their own good. technique. None of them have ever been taken <laughs> off by a bird. Hey, that's why we have ankle weights. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for sharing your your affinity for your your spirit animals and whatnot. Let's get into this fantastic movie, um, Beastmaster. It was made in 1982. Ben, yes. I know you are a big fan. I didn't actually know this until yeah. I until said you brought which movie up. we were yeah. watching, and. 
tell me about your love of Beastmaster. So, um, to put it in perspective, my favorite movie of all time is Poltergeist, and I've seen that movie more than any other movie. The second, the movie that is right after that, as far as the most number of times seeing it, is Beastmaster, um, and uh, I know this is your guilty pleasure, but. Uh, I realized once you brought it up that it is also one of my guilty pleasures because it is never on my list of favorite movies, even though I adore this movie and have seen it so many times. And the reason why it's not on my list is because I'm a little guilty that it's on my list, but I love it. I revel in shame. So this (laughs) is right up my alley. Um, Thank you. Um, So this movie, I have honestly, I'm I'm not like you. I Mm -hmm. haven't seen it like thousands of times. Yeah. I did watch it a bunch growing up yes. in the 80s when it came out. Um, there's there's actually a, a funny fact about this. You know, it it didn't do, didn't see huge results in the theater market. Right. But they played it like crazy just on, on repeat HBO. on HBO. That's where I saw it And all TBS. The time. Yep. So much so that HBO actually had a nickname. And they, they, it was nicknamed, Hey, Beastmaster's on. <laughs> <laughs> That's what HBO stands yeah. for, right? Hey, Beastmaster's on. Yeah. Um, and then what was the other one? Uh, oh, TBS, yeah. The TBS, Beastmaster Station. The Beastmaster Station, yeah. yeah. So it it was available. Yes. Um so that's that's how I saw it, and we were not allowed to watch Conan the Barbarian because right. that was a hard rated R, R, and we did yep. not watch rated R shows as kids at all. Yeah, it's not um, very kid friendly. The ones we did. Um, <laughs> anyways, and I I just love this movie. It's a weird mix of fantasy, yep. um, magic, and, and mysticism, yep. and just cool animals Loin and cloths. conversing with animals. Loincloths, yeah. Loincloths. <laughs> Yeah, and a sh- like you said, a shocking lack of clothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, for a guy who gets into a lot of fights, like I didn't see it at any point where somebody took a shot at his loin, and that was the <laughs> only part that was ever covered. Well, it's proof. It's because it's it so works. protected. Yeah, it scared him off. <laughs> it worded him <laughs> off. <laughs> um, who wants to take a stab at um, at a summary for us? I can do it. Okay. So this is the summary of the movie. A young, uh, it starts off with uh, an evil priest named Mayax, and he has some evil witches who help him. He's a priest of R. We, uh, we'll go into the details later. But uh, they prophesy that the king's unborn son will kill him. He says, oh, no, we're going to kill him tonight. And so they go, and they do this cool magic and take the baby out of uh, the queen's stomach uterus and put it into a cow like teleport teleport it into the cow then they take the cow kill the cow and they're they brand the kid's hand and get ready to kill him but he gets rescued by just a farmer Mm -hmm. the farmer raises the kid as his own the boy's name is dar who is the beast master dar has an affinity for speaking with animals he can hear their thoughts they can and see through their eyes and vice versa uh the evil group the jun horde destroys his village that he grew up in and he is the only survivor and vows revenge by killing the jun horde turns out that the jun horde's religion is r and mayax is the priest of r so he is on his way and he gathers animals as he goes he's on his way to get revenge and he runs across this girl named kiri and falls for her 
and then finds out that she's about to be executed by the uh, by Ze- uh, Mayax, the priest of R. And now Dar doesn't know anything about his original beginnings, so he doesn't know there's this connection. But he v- he decides he's going to rescue her. He meets up with some more friends, Seth and the prince, Tal, and they rescue Kiri. Then they fight Mayax and kill Mayax. And when they kill Mayax, then the Jun Horde return, and they're going to kill everybody in the whole town, and they fight the Jun Horde and win. That's the story. Thank There's you. a lot of cool things that happen in between, mm-hmm. but that's the story. So, uh, can I just point? Yeah. So, I think Brant and I saw this as a kid okay. on the Beastmaster on TBS, mm-hmm. Beastmaster Station, or some kind of edited version. Right, the TV so, edited. like, we did not know. At least I did not know yeah. until today's viewing that. Uh, was his name Dar? I'm get, I'm, I keep getting the Dar is Mark Singer. Dar is the main well, I keep getting the mixed up for some reason with uh, Star Crash characters, and so <laughs> um, I keep thinking it's Lord Zartharn. But um, <laughs> so Dar, I think that he falls for Kiri because she, when he first sees her, she's a, she's adopted his practice of only wearing a loincloth. That's true, which true. is something that I had did not know until this viewing. That's so. right, because he, that would not have been shown on TBS. Because I think he's like she's got some good fashion sense. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I I did sense a little bit of apprehension from him because he's like your loincloth is made of fabric. Clearly, anybody who's anybody who wears leather, <laughs> right? <laughs> Okay, so um, initial reactions. Who had not seen this before? I had not seen this before. Me either. Been familiar with it at all. So, So what were your what were your thoughts? Um, I mean, I was I was taken with how much it reminded me of some of the other movies that we've seen. So, I mean, there were some moments where. Um, I was thinking of the, I, I'm going to struggle with the names, the rollerblade movie. Solar, Solar Babies. Solar Babies, thank you. But also even some stuff with... Um, the Mad Max. Oh, well, we John Travolta movie. Outfield uh, Earth. Outfield Earth. Oh, Earth gosh, yes. Like some of the outside stuff, but it was not as painful as mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. You know, The camera was always straight. <laughs> yes. And not, there wasn't anything hue, blue hue or right, yellow hue yeah. or anything. But it did remind me of that kind of genre of, I don't know, futuristic and yet... Uh, Old-fashioned mid- at the old same Mid-Eastern time. Mid-Eastern. Yeah. yeah, so it was kind of giving me the same flavor of those movies in some in a good way. You know, the, they're in these villages and the, the protagonist has got this relationship with a bird and things like that. So um, it, was, it, it was interesting that way. I, I mean, I was a little nervous when you said it was about two hours long. Mm-hmm. And um, it didn't seem like it was two hours long. Maybe I was just prepared. It it moved pretty well. But, um, you know, Rip Torn's a good villain, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wasn't familiar with Mark Singer. And uh, I think I'm I'm too familiar with him now. (laughs) Uh, After two hours of him, you know, running around. um, You can see every muscle. Yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking how how ripped he was and stuff. And then Tanya Roberts, um, I was familiar with before from some other movies and, and TV shows, but, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting. I'll just okay. leave it at that. Okay. For, Fair. For a teaser. <clears throat> Danny, how about you? 
I I really enjoyed it. It's <clears throat> when I look at movies, I kind of have to go, okay, w- with which brain am I going to look at it with? Yeah. Like, am I going to look at look watch this as twelve year old Danny, as twenty year old Danny, or as forty year old Danny? And it starts turning out that my that twelve year old Danny likes the same things as 40-year-old Danny. I was going to ask, like, realistically, yeah, right. there's one Danny. There was in between like a fake serious stage. And uh, so, I mean, 12-year-old Danny, if he had seen it at 12, I'd be wearing leather loincloth and wielding a sword. Swinging a sword like running him. Running around yeah. out here on the hills, just like trying to talk hawk and eagle and holding yeah. up my hand. Leaping I mean, at the top of each This hill. was everything, yeah. It hits every every 12-year-old boy's like perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, I loved it. It was tons of fun. Great. Yeah. Great. Also scary. Surprisingly scary. scary. Yeah. Right? Like, those yeah. monsters were, and if I was young, they are nightmare monsters mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. So, let's talk about that for a minute. So, I mean, so, I was concerned a little bit, and partly why it's a little bit of a guilty pleasure, is it kind of goes all over the place yeah. on, in, on some things, and, um, but it does have very interesting characters, mm-hmm. right? Um, like the witches of R, whatever yep. they were, they, I, I thought they were, oops, I thought they were a good design they're where they spooky. were like, they're, so they're seductresses yeah. neck down. It's this, <laughs> yeah, this weird mix that is very uncomfortable. Yeah. That they're like, yeah, seductresses from the neck down and then you see their face and their face is just horrendous. One looks like it's half melted. Yeah. yeah. One melted like, faces, like gross like teeth. like a pig or something. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, and they they do a good service. So they always pan from the ankles up, right? And then you see that you're like, okay, this is going to be one of the heroines. And you're like, nope, saw the face. That's, <laughs> nope, that's a witch. And it's it's off putting. It I is. Mean, it, it is. It's, it's really well done. Yeah, in that way, because it is. It's shocking. Yeah, I, I would even say more so than if it was just full witch. I yeah. agree. Just like whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's a witch. You mm-hmm. know, um, a lot of cool concepts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think my favorite enemy. Of all, and I, I don't, I, I think I missed what they're called, Jun-hord. but like oh. not the Jun Horde, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like the the, people. the, the, the people, yeah, who worship the eagles. So, can somebody yeah. describe them for me? So, when we first were introduced to them, I thought, oh, is this the killer clowns from outer space? Because <laughs> if you've seen that movie, one of the great things is when those clowns capture you, they put you in a cotton candy cocoon. <laughs> And they drink your blood through silly straws. And so... Um, those things are called the winged devourers. Okay. So they, so that was my first thought because there was those glowing cocoon things yeah. by the tree. Yeah. But they look uh, a little bit like a vampire slash vampire bat. Like almost like... Like a, with no mouth. Yeah. They look like, like Deadpool. Yeah. Like Bracken was saying. They yeah. have Deadpool's face. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they... Yeah. They, like they, in his mask. Like partially formed face, like no mouth, right? Yeah, right. Um, Just eyes, and they, and they have kind of like a bat-like wings, and they. Oh, it's this gross membrane. You can yeah. see veins and mm-hmm. stuff in it, and it's slimy. And how they get people is they grab you, and then they just digest you. Like they put their face down, and yeah, yeah. it's so gross. Yeah, it's it, almost like a fly. Yeah, they like they kind of wrap on you up. You digest you immediately yeah. and then, and then, just then they open it up and bones and stuff yeah. tumble out yeah it's super gross. scary super cool yeah like cool concept yeah. creatures I, I liked how it was very original like usually yeah, totally. you'll watch some movie you know in this budget and you'll go oh they're kind of knocking off such and such right or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
But these looked original. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they're their own thing. They're not yeah. really vampires. Mm-hmm. They're not really insects. They're, I don't know what they are. And they don't, they, they don't even tell us, right? That's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. cool too, is they leave, I mean, I've seen this dozens of times and it's like, you don't know really what they are. And we talked about them. Are they spiders? Are they birds? Are they vampires? What the heck are mm-hmm. they? You don't, we don't know, know what their purpose is either, yeah. so what they, their motives All are, you know is they worship they eagles. Talk. Yep. They worship mm-hmm. the eagle. And because he's... He's beast mastering with an eagle, like the, yeah. He's he's now like an ally of theirs. That's right. Yeah, they give him some kind of medals or a medallion. Oh, yeah, 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 medallion that has an you're eagle like on part it. of our clan, or you're safe. In yeah. that sense, it's a little bit why I loved the movie John Wick, the first mm-hmm. one. I mean, they expand the universe later in the series, but in the first one, like the whole thing about the coins and the hotel, like right. you have a sense there's a deeper universe here, but you don't fully understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these whatever they were, the devourer people, they clearly had some kind of honor you know, they have a culture. Right. But it's also... Not, they're not mindless beasts, right? Right, right. Um, but clearly eat humans. Yes. And because there's a dead guy stew that they're cooking <laughs> yeah. and there's a dude in a cage who's probably next. Um, he was next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. He was. <laughs> yeah, he gets devoured immediately. Um, are there any other characters? Oh, tell me, you're the, the green-eyed dudes, Ben. Oh, yeah, the you, death you guards. Love those guys. They're yeah. called death guards. They We meet them... At one point, uh, they are these guys who, well, they describe it as they torture them until they go crazy, basically. Mm -hmm. And then they pour this green liquid into their ear and drop a a leech. I can't remember what it's called. It's a brain leech Mm -hmm. that they drop into their ear, and it goes in and gives them brain damage. Basically, it makes their eyes glow, and it turns them into killing machines. They will kill anything. Like, Mm -hmm. they're... they have no reason. They'll just kill everything. And they, the priests who make them, they strap them in these big, thick leather, like leg length boots and arm length gloves that are just filled with sharp spikes and mm-hmm. stuff. And then they bolt on a big leather mask to, so that they uh, uh, are basically killing machines and they just go after mm-hmm. anything that is alive. And they're scary. I like them as enemies for the same reason that I like the devourers is mm-hmm. you can't reason with them. Right. There's, there's no like having discourse to be like, Hey bro, don't kill me. You right. know, it's, it's just this evil thing. I think it was great with their green glowing eyes yeah. and um, you know, they, they have no facial features, yeah. right? Cause they're in the full face masks. Just so glowing eyes. Great, yeah, you these... can see them in the dark at sometimes. So yeah. 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 Like if any listeners are, uh, like play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. And you ever encounter a berserker or have a character? Like people oh, right. Is a berserker. Berserk. It's yeah. like it's a berserker in their berserker mode all the time. Yeah. 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 Because they, they have no loyalty at, while they are. Yeah. Killing, they just right? are going to kill berserk. everything. So yep. uh, I, I wanted to just mention real quick. Sorry, Brackett. It looks like you want to say something. I just want to mention real quick. Like, I love that there's these cool concepts because the story is pretty simple. Yeah. And like as you started to recap, and the it, script is very simple. Like the dialogue is so simple. Well, mm-hmm. as you started to recap it, like it starts out as basically Oedipus Rex, uh-huh. right? Like the son is, the unborn son is destined to not to kill the father, but to kill the right. priest. And so he goes, does something to try and kill it off. And then he goes and just like Oedipus, he's raised by like a farmer. Mm-hmm. And so it's a pretty simple story, but I like what they did with like introducing these other kind of just kind of crazy things mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um i was i was gonna say oh I, so the story um it it is based off of a book of the same name 
The Beast um, Man. <clears throat> yes, written by Andre. Norton. Let's see, Norton. Andre's a woman, and um, so she wrote this book in 1959. I know. I, maybe it's maybe it's a different pronunciation, but how close does the movie follow the book? So I wrote I wrote down a summary <laughs> of of what the book is here. So <clears throat> let's see. Um, yeah, it is mostly a name only due to Dar's powers. Yeah, it says the Beastmaster tells the story of Hosteen Storm, a Navajo and former soldier who has empathetic and telepathic connections with a group of genetically altered animals. Um, the team immigrates uh, from Earth to a distant planet, Arzor. Hey, R. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, it is, where he is hired to herd livestock. Storm uh, still harbors wrath against his former enemies, the Zik. Six, something like that. Yeah. June Horde. And has sworn revenge on a man named Quaid for his father's murder. According to Curtis, Kirkus, he finds life and hope instead. So, nothing. Nothing to do. like. This is just like talk... the lady with the nail in her head movie. Yeah. So that's, so that's exactly what I was going to say. So much so that, so the, the Andre, or however you pronounce her name. Yeah. Um, she originally was co-writer, and as the script right. sort of developed, Based she's on a like, book by, "I right. want no part this in is this. Not the book, and I wrote. please do not credit me <laughs> yes. in, to this movie because it is not what I wrote." I'm sure Andre Norton is possibly a non-diplom. Yeah, right? that's they probably, probably true. were like, "We don't want this genre book by a woman," unfortunately. Yeah, and she probably had to use a different name. But mm. that's possible. Maybe yeah, it was that's prob- that's very likely. From Andrea the Norton. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't be, know. It could be. Uh, she is credited as Andrea or Andre, Andre. However, Andre. yeah. Andre. Apologies. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so it, it's interesting how that how what a rich world they developed. Yeah, kind of from nothing. Like That's they true. Took a seed because they didn't really base it off of her, her book at all. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Some names and you can talk to animals. That was pretty yeah. Much, yeah. And even the names. None even of the, the names, names are line up. Except for yeah. R. Well, Except, Arzak. And that was a reach. Like yeah. some of those, I was like, could this be this? Arzor. Could that be that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about some of the, some of the actors here. Too many syllables. <laughs> yeah. So I was interested in the, like, the, how they introduced Tanya Roberts. So um, she's not, <laughs> yeah, the, not the very first scene. <laughs> so she's bathing and there's some nudity, right. with Tanya Roberts. But the scene right after that, when she first meets. Dar. Uh, with Dar is he so he's the hero he's a, he's a good guy generally but he, the first but thing he does but it's the 1980s well yeah. so it is yeah. kind of the 1980s where he's like too. he was kind of like so he's already befriended his Black Panther friend yeah and so he he sees the girl and he's like okay play along he's like yeah. giving the panther the eye like okay we're gonna oh, do this even before that scene. though he has oh. his ferrets go steal her underwear oh yeah. right <laughs> Well, I don't know if he had them do that because they like to steal clothes. They, he they grab, pulled oh, them out like, of his pouch and he was like, yeah. go. Oh, and then he's giggling the whole yeah. time that okay. it's happening. I missed that yeah. because he, they had done that to him. Too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. they do and steal everything, right? They do like to steal things. That, and that's kind of a storyline yeah. through the whole thing. But, okay. So, yeah. Uh, he has the panther like pretend like he's some wild beast and it's going to attack them. And he's like, stick with me. you got to stay close to me. <laughs> Don't show you. him any fear. Yeah, yeah. I'll protect you. <laughs> I mean, he's like <laughs> right up and grabs her. And he's yeah. Like... So what my point was is he kind of forces a kiss on her. He does. And then he proceeds to like jump on her and like almost accost her. 
Um, and she, and then it, it isn't even until he like looks and he notices that she's got like some uh, scar, whip scars, and, yeah, yeah, whip yeah, scars back. on her yeah. back. Then he's like, then he's willing to. He's like, like oh, you're a person. Yeah. You're, <laughs> oh, you've been through some stuff. Oh, I should be compassionate towards so, you. It just seemed really. Yeah. Never. Random. To, to, to quote Speed, never start a relationship based on shared trauma. That's true. <laughs> I'll tell you that, uh, not that this excuses all of his behavior, but it is interesting that the first, so she's like, oh, you saved me. And he's like, yeah, I'll take this as payment. And then he like forces this kiss and it's definitely forced, right? Yeah, yeah she's not going and along. And she immediately flips him and kicks him, kicks yeah. his butt, throws him on the ground and like straddles him. And she's like, what the heck are you doing? Right. And so at first it looks like she you know, turn the tables on him. That would have been somewhat empowering, except that he just tosses her off and flips her the other way. It does show that she's a strong right. character woman and can take care of herself in some ways, yeah. right? So the rest of the movie proves that. But wrong. yeah, it is like, it, it's a little disconcerting nowadays to see the, yeah. that yeah. kind of, uh, but he then proceeds to, you know, be one to be trying to help her. Yeah. Right. And, and, that's Save his mission is to yeah. just basically to his goal do yeah. right do right by her which is which i thought was interesting yeah in fact he doesn't even know that she's going to be killed yet he just wants to go find her again right yeah. at first yeah that's he's like hey let's go find that girl it's like my ferrets accidentally stole some of your clothes i just got to give him back that's yeah. right and, and she's kind of like it's i like gotta shortage. go back I, they're gonna hurt my family if i right. don't go back and or you know be with the priests and do what they need done and he sacrifice me. only wants to save her like no other one of the After slaves, just her. Just her. A moment yeah. of yeah. seeing her for the first time, it's like he's really in love. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a family thing. <laughs> family. She's his cousin. It's a generational grudge. Cousin yeah. by yeah. marriage. Yes. So it's okay. Yeah. Wait, yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I, we never figured that out. Is, is she well, Tall's cousin? No, she's Tall. Yeah, she's Tall's cousin on his mom's. But side? we know that Dar's. <laughs> mo- well, it, I don't know. That see, we don't know that yeah, for sure, so right? Zed. Has another wife after after, after Dar's, Dar's mom is killed. She dies. She by dies the, a child she dies in teleportation. In spell, yeah. Right. Yeah. Hold um, on, let me give out the family tree real quick. <laughs> yeah. So to be fair, she does have these striking blue eyes. Yes. In this movie. To be they fair, are, that, they are pretty, that are. I mean, that he he's kind of smitten with her immediately just by seeing those eyes. Right? Yeah. No, they they, they glow. steal every single scene <laughs> yeah. that she is in. Yeah. They Cousin glow almost as much crazy. as the death death blue guard's eyes. eyes. Yeah. I don't know if there was some kind of special effects or uh, some color grading that was happening. I think Tanya's. Yeah. I think she's known for her blue eyes. Yeah. So I bet they're they're real. Yeah. Faye Dunaway helped. She was on the lighting needed, team. I don't yeah. think she needed any help with the lighting. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Tony Roberts. Yeah. yeah, it was his her eyes. I bet mm-hmm. that he that he fell mm-hmm. for. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> um, so what else do we know about Tanya Tony Roberts? So I'm going to go to you, Bracken, because you're our resident movie. So yeah. I, what do I know Tanya Roberts from? So she was became a Charlie's Angel from the last season of uh, Charlie's Angels. She was on like about I don't know 16 episodes of Charlie's Angels. Um, you know Charlie's Angels started with the original three actresses: Farrah Fawcett, uh, Jacqueline Smith, and uh, Kate Smith. And um, she, you know over time they kind of. Uh, moved some out, some left the show. Jacqueline Smith stayed the whole time. And uh, uh, Tanya Roberts was one of those late uh, add-ons to the show um, before it was canceled. So she's 
uh, 70s icon in that way, early 80s, and then I know her from uh, being the James Bond buff that I am, uh, View to a Kill. Uh, mm -hmm. She was uh, in Roger Moore's last outing as James Bond, as a, she was a Bond girl, quote, girl, um, in that. And then, of course, I mean, she's been in some other sh movies on her own, like Sheena, uh, which is kind of like this movie uh, in a lot of ways, the female version of that. Uh, she, you know, in the jungle, can talk to animals. Um, I have not seen it. I just remember when it was promoted uh, in, in like 84. And then, of course, I, I find that I mostly recognize her these days from that 70s show. Yeah. She was on that for Donna's mom. Donna's mom and was a regular on that and was a comedic genius. I mean, mm -hmm. she, she probably should have done more comedy, honestly. Yeah. Uh, in her career. I, I was looking through her catalog as I was making everything, and she's kind of prototypical 80s bombshell. Yeah. She did all sorts of just kind of raunchy sex symbol kind of shows. Right. That was kind of it. You know? Yeah, and not really known for her delivery on lines. Right. Just to, yeah. to be kind. Uh, she does kind of deliver her lines flat, even on that 70s show, but she does it well because it's kind of in a comedic way. Yeah. It works. So, so before we explore any of the other um, actors, I, I did find it interesting that uh, Tanya was not actually the director's first choice. Oh, yeah. For this this role. is interesting. I saw that. So yeah. his first choice was Demi Moore. An 18-year-old Demi Moore. 18-year-old. And this would have been 1982. Yeah. So this would have been a time when Demi Moore was, like, on General Hospital. Oh, yeah. So uh, kind of She a, was a not name, a huge name. Not a huge name, but yeah. certainly had a career. Mm -hmm. So that would be very likely. Do you think that would have helped or hurt Demi Moore's trajectory? I don't think it would have helped the movie. <laughs> I think that... Tanya Roberts was perfect for the movie. I think yeah. she was the right person yeah. For, yeah. for this. Part. But for Demi Moore, I don't know. It probably would have hurt Demi's career. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I'd have to look at some of Demi Moore's earlier movies before Ghost, St. Elmo's Fire. And, oh, yeah, St. Elmo's and, Fire, uh, right. And then Ghost later on, but um, yeah. I'll do an the edit Butcher's for you wife. Um, from some of her other later stuff. And well, uh, yeah, see if it works. Strip tease or you know, G.I. Jane or yeah. some of yeah, that yeah. some of those. Ghosts. Um, yeah. Uh, and I'm writing these down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I I think it was it turned out the way it was supposed to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Doesn't Fair. she have a yeah. buzz cut in G.I. Jane? She does. She does. Yeah, yeah. She would have been uh, Seth. That's true. <laughs> Taking up a different role. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Mark Singer. So he yes. plays Dar. Mm -hmm. So what else do we know him from? He's he's been so, in a ton of stuff. Yeah, I wouldn't say most people know who he is now. The thing uh, when I watched this as a kid, the thing that was interesting to me is so I was uh, let's see I would have been not even ten when this came out. I mean I would have been seven or eight. Mm -hmm. um, this I recognized him because we watched the miniseries V on okay. TV yep. and he's the main character. And so I knew him from that and I loved V. And then this movie comes out and I'm like, "Oh, it's the guy from V. I know this." And so that's what kind of like attracted me initially to the movie is recognizing him. Um the the miniseries V was huge yeah. on NBC yeah. in the Alien 80s. Show? And then it was so yes. big Lizard that they people. had a regular TV show called yep. V. I mean, it was... And then they became Alien Nation. Where, yeah, where... <laughs> and then they aliens... brought it back even, whatever, yeah, last they, decade. They, yeah, they did yeah. a, like yeah. a read. Yeah. Everybody, everybody was familiar with I it. I loved V together. from the original V. 
I loved it. And the TV show that followed it. Also. I don't remember him from the show. I, I remember certain other So things, I say but... he's the main guy, but I uh, I think he was. He must have been he the main character. Been. Yeah, because yeah, I remember him and Robert England. Robert England was like the friendly um, alien. Character. I yeah. remember the female villain alien like yeah. the most yeah and right the scene where they have the babies yes just anyway this that's anyway all there is. Danny that's has any cool. idea what they're talking about <laughs> no he's like what is v? it's <laughs> these it's aliens come down they they come to earth and they say hey we're here and they help everyone and they're helping mm-hmm. and, and then it turns and out they, that they're, they're all they look like humans they yeah look they like look us. like people yeah just like us yeah and then it turns out that that's all a lie. They're lizard people with human skin makeup on over top of it, and they're eating people. Oh dang! Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It's pretty. fun. You should go check it out. Yeah, like the old one and even the new ones. Yeah, I actually yeah. kind of liked cool as well. Too. Okay. Yeah. Um, Not to be confused with V for Vendetta. Yeah. Very different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't recognize him, but he seemed very familiar. Yeah. Like I'd seen him in some early '80s show, so it was, must have been that, right? He. He, so there's a mold that action heroes from the 80s yeah you know they stamped them out and they're mm-hmm. all very similar to each other and he looks like he came right out of that mold yeah he does right so blonde hair and blonde a little bit mullet, long not yeah, mullet, mullet but like it's long hair yeah. yeah so is that why you got a gorilla and a cheetah that are that are very much the same mold. <laughs> Just painted differently. <laughs> hey, I think my gorilla is the same mold too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so he uh, he was in, obviously, this movie. He did, there were, I think there were three uh, Beastmaster movies. Mm-hmm. And then there was also a TV series that yeah. came out later. He was actually in that. He didn't star in it. Okay. <clears throat> but he was kind of like the... Um, the Obi-Wan the mentor character, kind of character, yeah. yeah, for the next generation. And I don't even think he has the same character. Yeah, I don't think he's that. Like he has a different backstory and things like that. But I remember it, watching the TV show and being disappointed that it wasn't like the movie. Yeah, and so I didn't Must keep be watching. Kind of like the Highlander TV show. Yeah, right. Exactly. Did they have more clothes on the TV show? <sighs> no, <laughs> no, not really. Is Probably more, more leather. Was it more like Xena? It was very Xena-esque. Yes, it was. So I will say, we're not going to do this now, but as soon as this is over, we have to go watch the trailer for Beastmaster, the TV show. Yeah, It's incredible, and (laughs) they make some lofty claims that are absolutely untrue. They're like, shot in a timeless cinematic style. I was like, it is not timeless. It's 40 years later, and it shows. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So we'll do that when when we're done, but... Um, okay, let's talk about Rip Torn. So, well, just a second. Oh, sorry. So, Mark Singer, he kind of reminded me, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I'm just to describe oh. what he was. He kind of reminded me in a lot of ways. We mentioned it during the movie of Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, that blonde, thinner guy who's the, you know, the Jedi. Mm-hmm. But imagine him being super cut, an action star. Yeah. Um, maybe Farrah Fawcett's hair. Yeah, like right. A small, like he had longer, wait, waved or wavier hair, and uh, he's just seemed very much in the vein of Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. Right. So, uh, I've always thought that he looks like a professional wrestler. Um, I can't remember which one. Hmm. Uh, one of them, Ultimate Warrior, I think, and then also Sting, before Sting got the crow makeup, back in the eighties, 
if anyone follows WWF or whatever, yeah, yeah. but I, I mean, he really looks like Most that, like tie some strings up on his biceps, you know, uh, macho man style. And, uh, in his loincloth, he would have looked just yeah. like a pro wrestler. He <laughs> slapped some spandex on him yeah. and he would have fit perfectly now, into American gladiator. I'm thinking like macho man yeah. as the beast master. Uh. <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna. We can't kill man. What's his name? Max. We can't kill Max. <laughs> I'm gonna get him. <laughs> oh yeah! yeah. I, you know what? I think that's a whole subgenre that needs to be explored. Yeah. <laughs> I think in a lot of ways this was in the vein of Tarzan, uh, the lead, but keep thinking about what was the guy from Highlander 2 that played Tarzan that played Tarzan I don't in remember in Greystoke um, um, Lambert Lambert oh yeah. right yeah Lambert oh, I felt like could not <clears throat> act and I honestly felt like Mark was Mark Singer was pretty good at yeah what his, he wasn't distracting no at what he was doing for the movie and mm-hmm. for who everybody else was their acting level I felt like it was all pretty yeah are all you, over the place <laughs> Are you yeah. telling me you didn't believe that Christopher Lambert was Scottish? <laughs> uh, well, what about the God of Thunder? Would you believe that he was the God yeah. of Thunder? <laughs> the Japanese God of Thunder? Yeah, <laughs> maybe a little bit more in that one. But... Did you, his, no, voice did just, you? his voice is so distracting. I don't know. Yeah. That's do the whole other thing. Yeah. Another thing I'll say about Mark Singer, and I don't know if this was him uh-huh. or if it was direction from the director but he every single you could tell when something cool is going to happen because he gleefully leapt to the top of every hilltop and you're like oh man something is going down like (laughs) he kind of did a marvel pose like the marvel landing pose that they all do all (laughs) at the the top of every mountain even when he's fighting he's like striking these weird like wide leg poses just because i'm sure it looks awesome on camera (laughs) yeah um so i Yes, it, it is very much the 80s. Um, and he, yeah, and every single time he went to the top of a hill, something important happened. Yep. Yeah. He got an animal. Yep. He saw an enemy. Uh, yep. Found, yeah, what's whatever. What's her name? Kiri. Kiri. Yeah. up on him at the end. Yep. Yeah. It's fair to And he did some know, fun like, sword swishing, like uh, just posing with his sword, montage. just swinging his sword all around, all cool. Like, yeah. Terrible sword fighting. Schwarzenegger does the same thing in Conan. So before we cut over to something else, so Conan the Barbarian came out about three months before this. Yeah. Like obviously this was not filmed in three months, so it's it's one of those things where multiple movies of the same theme yeah. are kind of made at the same time. Yeah, um, Conan the Barbarian did dramatically better than this movie. Yeah, having seen it, would you say that this is? I would say what is this? So this made about fourteen million dollars. Conan made. 79 million dollars do you think this is like seven times worse no absolutely not of course this is just me speaking but my opinion conan first of all has a following because there before there was ever a movie there is a series of novels and i maybe even the comic books i don't know if the comic books were out before the the movie but also schwarzenegger um he's not really well known yet but He's been in a couple of things by then, um, and he is Mr. Universe, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. as cut as Mark Singer is, I mean... He's like two Mark Singers. Yeah, it's yeah. like Schwarzenegger's like twice the size, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Um, so I think that there's familiarity going into Conan for for fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's, I mean, it's rated R. They, you know, when they cut people's heads off, they cut people's heads off. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas here, they swing a sword and somebody falls over sideways, right? So I think that there was probably some certain appeal to it, but absolutely not worse seven times worse Mm -hmm. than Conan. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. That tends to happen in Hollywood if you've got two (laughs) movies that are coming out with the same, very similar, you know, if if it's a volcano movie, and they're both coming out relatively closely, whichever movie comes out first is usually the one that does better at the box office, usually. First one out the gate just tends to do that. Yeah. So that's that's probably the case here. But yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger versus... I, I mean, I still have to keep looking down at my Mark paper Singer. at his name. It's Mark Singer. So, um, yeah. So the the production studio did actually move it up. It was originally slated for end of the year. Oh. And so they probably were reading the, the writing on the wall a little bit. Maybe they were trying to ride out. the wave of Conan Something. a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I can see that as a production studio. If, if somebody else's movie comes out first... Suddenly, the public, even though if they stop and think about it, like you said, it doesn't take three month three months to make a movie. Um, they're gonna think, oh, they just ripped off that other movie <laughs> that came out three months ago, even though they've both been in production for a couple of years, like right? uh, ants and a bug's and, life. Yeah, right. That's a good one. Or like uh, the Dante's Peak volcano. That's, yeah, yeah, Dante's yeah. Peak and volcano, and then. Um, like Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yep. Yes, <laughs> it happens all the time. Yeah, like uh, and that is some Academy. that is some studio strategy. You know, let's get our movie out first, even if it's not a better movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this movie has a false summit. So you know, like if you go hiking and you think, oh, sweet, we're at the top, but it yes. turns out mm-hmm. that's a false summit. Once you get to the mm-hmm. top, yeah, um, you're like, nope. <laughs> so this is like that when they had that Grindhouse double feature that came mm-hmm. out. There was like two movies. Yeah, yeah. Because they defeat Mayax, and you're like, oh, cool, it's over. Yeah. But no. I mean, there's a legitimate climax you, you to the would, movie. You would be like, right? oh, yeah. And yeah. the score kind of plays up that yeah. point, too. And you're like, oh, cool, it's, it's done. Au contraire. <laughs> they, they, they don't even like get five seconds to breathe. Yeah, yeah. respite. It's, it's they're like, still up on top of the, t- the temple you know coming back down and everybody starts seeing the smoke and the carnage yeah. on the on the horizon i mean max hasn't even stopped burning yet or <laughs> or your uh kodo kodo he's not even safe to eat yet <laughs> yeah he hasn't reached an internal temp of 165 yet and so um i because i take it kodo was the male ferret right? yes yeah, yeah. So. uh but yeah so that was Fortunately, it wasn't like it was what maybe another fifteen or twenty minutes. It wasn't yeah, super it wasn't long, like, but yeah, it wasn't. It did it it, it did feel a little. So it's like there's a story mm-hmm. and then B story. So A being Mayax, B being the June Horde, right? So it's like A story, and then that kind of comes to a stop for a minute, mm-hmm. and then it's B story with the June Horde taking out Amir, right? His people, and then it goes back to. You know, he finds Kiri, and then he's back on A quest, Mm -hmm. and then he does all of that, and then we circle back around to To B story, story. and they're really not overlapped at all. No, they're just kind of like A story, B story. So, uh, well, I feel like to him, yeah, the June Horde is the A story, right? The whole totally, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does warn them 
when after they save the king and the king is like we have to kill mayax and take our city back and uh dar says he says to everyone no no we can't do that if we i mean this is the religion of the jun horde if we kill them the jun horde are going to come and destroy us all and i've seen them destroy my entire town they're going to do the same thing to you and uh zed who doesn't know that he's his, that dar is his son yet um calls him a coward and a casts freak. him out a Dad's freak a because jerk. he talks yeah and casts him out so it's like we do and throughout this movie we do get little um foreshadowing mm-hmm. throughout the movie things are set up for what's going to happen later. In this case, it's just directly, he says what's going to happen. If we defeat Mayax, then we have to fight the Jun Horde, and that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I want to finish with some of the actors, but I, yeah. just on that point, I think they did a good job of <laughs> foreshadowing. Sorry, the gorilla. So we, we got some spirit animals. Uh, Brant bought us some... <laughs> some spirit animals that we picked yeah. out in, in before the episode just different animals and, and that make noises in case you're, you're in thinking case you that, hear animals in, in case you're thinking ben actually made that noise with his mouth it's it's <laughs> no they're little toys you telling me i can't do a zebra call <laughs> um yeah i thought they did a pretty good job of foreshadowing mm-hmm. in a couple things and, and in subtle ways not like we've watched some movies where it's like so on the nose you're like okay i got it but some of the things like they're subtle i'll use the the moat right so there's a part where he goes to what is it Arik, Arik is whatever the, yeah um and there's this like <laughs> m- oil petroleum moat yeah. all the way around it. that's that town that you, that you can see really far off it's it's all built out in in to scale right <laughs> yeah. that's the town it's right. a, yeah the miniature one right okay um <clears throat> and he just kicks a rock you know he just kind of stands at the edge of the bridge and kn- accidentally knocks, knocks a rock, over in rock and sees bloop, and you can kind of see it's oh it's oily and it's bubbling up yeah, and that's it's it pretty gross like, so yeah dwell on it and he moves on yeah later in the movie they use that to blow up it's the, like full of pitch or whatever the, yeah yeah the june horde or whatever um so i thought that was great um rip torn mm-hmm. um I, I think we were kind of mixed I, I think this is his first major motion picture oh okay um i yeah. think it is I, I i would have to go back and check but he didn't you know he'd done a few things here and there um but you know i think this is one of the if not the first one of the earlier ones. I feel like I know him most from Men in Black, probably. I, I yeah, think most right. people would know him from that. Yeah. Yeah. Zeus in Hercules. He actually plays Zed in, in, in yeah. uh, yeah. Men in Black. That's yeah. right. He's Zed there, yeah. but he kills Zed. Kills in Zed, yeah. Um, what did we think of uh, Rip Torn? Uh, I thought he was a good villain. I mean, he, he uh, he's definitely younger in this movie. Um, it's He's got a fake nose. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he's a... He's going to sacrifice these little kids to the gods, and he's not a good yeah, guy. Not, not only going to, he full on he does, hucks yeah. a kid into the fire. Yeah. He, um, well, he hucks one in successfully. Oh, that's true. And then the evil yeah. saves the, the second other kid. one. Yeah. So this is not his first it's credit. Okay. He, he has been acting for decades. No, no, I know he's done yeah, a ton yeah. of stuff, but. Like when I was the looking at it, movie? it seemed like a lot of like he's been TV in a lot of movies, stuff. yeah, okay. tons of movies, but they're not like, I mean, well even known. back to the sixties, yeah, like okay, he's named characters in movies, but I don't know these movies. I don't know how big of a character it is. I don't know if it's really just the name for, um, 
soda jerk. Let me Supporting let me character. rephrase this. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first role that Riptorn did that mattered. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> hey, Rip, get in touch with us. Um, uh, we're gonna have to have to seance for I that. <laughs> R.I.P. No. Rip. Oh jeez. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> I I thought he was great. He was he menacing. was amazing and he scary was and great evil, over the top. He was yeah. very vaudevillian. If he had a mustache, he'd be twirling it. Yeah. Yes. And it, it's like he gets this prophecy that he's going to be killed by this kid, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm going to stop it." And he just constantly is trying to stop it. Yeah. And never, never does he say, "Oh, this is going to happen." He's the kind of person you want to be working for you. Yeah, right. He's single-minded <laughs> in his dedication to his job. Yeah. He will not be stopped. So the witch is like, keep telling him like, oh, here he comes. He's going to mm-hmm. get, he's gonna get yeah. you. And he's and just he's, like, nah. yep. I defy your prophecy. And he's just everything. Yeah, he's great. Um, anybody else we want to talk about? Dude, um, John Amos. What about Seth? Oh, John yeah. Amos. Yeah. So, Who was that? So, if, uh, so he plays Seth. Mm-hmm. One of the few people with a name with more than three letters. Um, <laughs> he, so I know him from Coming to America. Mm-hmm. He is um, Eddie Murphy's love interest's dad, right? And he owns the McDowell's, not McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> the McDowell's restaurant. And so, so that's, that is my biggest memory of him. So him being like this fast food restaurant owner... And then I see him in Beastmaster as just a loincloth clad guy with a with a big sword that he never uses. He just uses a wooden yeah. staff, and he's just as oiled up as as Dar. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it was very confusing clash of, <laughs> of my memories of, of him as an actor. So John Amos is also well known for Good Times. I was but he say was from, he was yeah. also on the Mary Tyler Moore Show as the sport uh, not the yeah the sports anchor on on the the tv show yeah i don't even know what news. those are i was i was actually very surprised going Moore. through his his, you don't know what Mary his work is. yeah <laughs> most of his work was comedic roles i was very surprised yeah, to see that because he seems like a huge kind of muscle bound like i am yeah. i am just elba kind of guy yeah, right yeah. i i had rewatched mary tyler moore a couple years back and um i was surprised to see him in this part too i thought wow this is quite a shift from what i know him from you know good times and comedic tv mm-hmm. just completely different and he seemed very well cast for yeah. it too he had his hair completely shaved off i think he had some kind of like ponytail, ponytail in the back yeah. aladdin genie style yeah, yeah aladdin genie style but he he was bringing it he Wait, did a great job is this the, is this a typo or is there a movie he's in called zombie hamlet he is so <laughs> this is not one that, that is notable Wait, we have to watch it i yes. watched the trailer for it <laughs> It's, is it like terrible. Sense and Sensibility and Zombies? Like pr- pride kind of. It's oh. a little more meta. Or Pride and Prejudice. Sorry, it's a pride little more meta. It's them making the movie. They were gonna oh, go make Zombie Hamlet. They were gonna go make the movie Hamlet. Oh. And then they their budget fell through, so they're like somebody says Hire let's zombies. Make, let's make Zombie Hamlet instead. Oh, okay. And they were like, that's a great idea. Okay. And so then it's them filming <laughs> that movie. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it does sounds fun, but after Last Action Hero, I don't think I can. Yeah, ever there see can anyone. only be one I Hamlet. Only, I can only ever see Arnold as Hamlet. From now. <laughs> not to be. Yeah. <laughs> Kill my father. Not to be. Not to be. Not so to be. it's funny that you say that in the trailer. We'll have to watch this yeah. as well. He quotes that line as well. He's uh-huh. like, "Not to be or not to be not 
to be not to be because he's talking about undead zombies. Yeah, right. yeah. Anyways, super side note. Who said um, oh, it came out in 2012. Zom- zombie, zombie Hamlet. Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Does not look great. Um, oh, let's see. Tim Conway. I don't know who that is. So the only other person that I'll kind of call out here is um, just because there's some. Um, some overlap here. So Ralph oh, Strait, yeah, real Strait, quick. Yes, he was Sako. Mm-hmm. So he's the um, he's the father of one of the children who got hooked into the fire, but the eagle saves. Yeah. So he's kind of a little bit he's comedic relief and inside villager guy. He has a real mop top. Yeah. yeah. It, it's horrible. It's horrible. I was gonna say I believe that in our. Um, Halloween three episode, I probably pointed out that I knew him from Beastmaster. Because okay. <laughs> that's the only thing I know this guy yeah. from. So no eagle saved his kid in that movie. No. In that movie he was the salesman. He was the top salesman. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Um let's see who else. Um so I, I will call out Tony Epper. He was the the Jun leader. Oh yeah. You never actually see his face. Just his eyes. Yeah. And he was kind of he he his his catalog has a few acting roles. He's always kind of a background thuggish character. It's always like bartender number mm-hmm. one, biker leader number two, or something like that. But he has a huge, huge uh, stuntman stuff. Oh, okay. Which I think actually came through. Um, oh, yeah, on right. That, on that final fight it scene. It was probably really him fighting, right? It, no, I'm yeah. sure it was. Yeah, he was. he's straight up stuntman guy. Yeah. Um, he's got a lot of stuff on to his credit on that. Like he was in Spartacus, Planet of the Apes. Paint Your Wagon, Soylent Green, Blazing Saddles, wow. 1941, Airwolf. Oh, he was Zoot Suit Fighter number four. <laughs> right, <Stuntman>. yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, Beverly Hills Cop, Beauty and the Beast TV. Okay, I'll just make a small call out to there. There are a ton hey, of the people. The music were... guy did the music for Beauty and the Beast so TV show. I, I didn't list it on everybody here, but there's probably four or five people in this cast was who this all came back around to Beauty and the Beast TV show. I don't know. Oh. But it's it's one of those nexus things Wait, where did George R R Martin write the script? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm saying he, he was also in Waterworld. And... He was, yeah. Uh, the Rock, Ooh, Volcano, and Con Air. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Nice, nice career. So yeah, he uh, he he did a ton of stuff. And the fi- the oh, only yeah, person, no. the last person I'll call out is Joshua Milrad, who played Tall, the young prince. Oh yeah. Um, this is really the only thing he did. Um, he did some like film editing later, but even that mm-hmm. is kind of limited. Um, he, he was nominated for an award for like young supporting actor, um, for, for this movie. This. Yeah. Yeah. So what are your, what were your thoughts on, on, on his, I thought he was good. I mean, the, the whole script is all just like these one single phrases, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not deep, but he delivered well. He had emotion, mm-hmm. you know, I thought he was great. He, uh, he was believable that he got shot by an arrow when he got shot by an arrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't distracting. No, he wasn't. I thought Absolutely. he had a really good look too. Like yeah. I thought he could have probably been in more stuff if he wanted to. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right. Um, so that's kind of the cast. Um, what else do we want to say about this amazing movie? Mm. Is there anything else that stands out to you? Any kind of, uh, Great moments. So it, it sounds like you really love this movie a lot. Why do you feel that it's a guilty pleasure? I mean, for one, guilty because it has a 46 reviewed score, 54 audience score, 6.2 on IMDb. So it's not well rated. Um, 
it's for reference, I looked at Conan the Barbarian as well, just to see like, cause mm-hmm. it did so much better. It's actually not far off. Oh, it's, really? it's about the same. Um, and it was, I mean, I, I have a ton of guilty pleasures. I sent you guys a list <laughs> yeah, of like right. 20 things, um, movies. I share your list quite a bit. I was right. so happy yeah. to High see five. your list. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of makes you feel good when you, you realize you find this movie that not a lot of people appreciate it or, yeah. or noticed yeah. and you watch it and you really love it. Right? Yeah. And you're kind of like, you want to share the word and yes. tell people yeah. about how, how good this movie is or how much you've enjoyed it anyway. So this is, I, this is not one of those movies that I, I'm regularly going back and watching. It's one that I have not really seen since probably my late childhood. Um, but it, I mean, it was on all the time. Yeah. So like, if you wanted to see it, you were seeing it. it was and like even the, if you didn't the want Christmas to story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. on TNT, it, it was during... like many of Bracken's, you know, background movies. Even if you didn't start yeah. the party with it on, yeah. it was on by the time your party was over That's and true. you ended up watching, <laughs> um, Beastmaster. Um, I just, it, for me, it has great memorable enemies. Um, they have very good, um, I will say silhouettes, mm-hmm. right? So it's like they're very recognizable and mm-hmm. menacing. And not to say just like, you know, their actual physical silhouette, but like they're branded in your memory. Like I probably haven't seen this for 20 years mm-hmm. and I still remember the... Wait, the, devour the, Yeah, the devourer dudes, the the spiky green-eyed yeah. guys. I don't even remember what they're the called, but like guards, they're stuck yeah. in my memory, right? Um, so it's just things like that. And, you know, as a kid... You know, you pick up anything that looks like a sword and you're swinging it around like Mm -hmm. a barbarian. And so obviously that resonates with me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Mark Singer and I have the exact same body. Yeah, Um, Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Yours is is less oiled up. Yeah. 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 True. Yeah. Yeah. But just as much leather. Yes. Just Just as much leather. Yeah. And just his little pants. (laughs) That stuff is so hard to wash. Um, <laughs> so, I, I'm sorry, but you know, I did mention while we were watching this movie, just thinking about having to shoot a movie where you're in, uh, a, you know, not much clothes for mm-hmm. like months, and he's oiled up in yeah. every single. And I thought, does, out ha- in the desert, out in the desert, and you know, and then I, and then we finally got to a night scene where he's not outside in the sun, right? And I'm just thinking, okay, good. I bet they were really pleased that they weren't out in the sun to shoot <laughs> right. this night scene and were just there to cool off. That That is but, a good point, like not to sideline us too much, but like everybody except for the background characters and maybe uh, Rip Torn's character right. was you. wearing just about nothing. Yeah. Right? It was, Minimal I mean, we clothing. were we were joking that Kiri was of the clan of Thong or, <laughs> yeah. you know, the Bakaini clan because <laughs> um, she, she wore very little. It was yeah. like Star Crash. It really yeah, was. It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, but at least this isn't one of those things where he's in full, you know, right. samurai armor and she's out, wearing she's a bikini, you know. She's suitably covered, you know, clothing-wise. Um, but, yeah, her cloth for armor. Right. Yeah. Some people will wear not much to go to Italy, and some people will not wear not much to go to Simi Valley. <laughs> <laughs> so. It's all about prairies. Yes. Um, actually, I do want to talk about one last thing yeah. real quick before we do this. What about that final battle, the fire, the effects? And oh, stuff right. like we that. definitely need to talk about that. Yeah. 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 Okay, so... So this whole movie, I think they did a great job 
for the time. I think it still holds up well oh, yeah. because there's very few special effects. That's right. Almost everything I think they did in camera. One of the most impressive things that, that happened in this movie was the very last battle with the Jin Horde. And so going back to this moat of petroleum-based yeah, something. The tar. Yeah. So their whole goal is to cover it with dirt so that the Jin Horde rushes in, doesn't realize... Thinks it's dry ground. Right. And and then they're going to light it up and just uh-huh. torch the whole the whole, whole field. So they do that. And like one of the big it's it's like almost like uh armageddon now yeah the right level yeah like yeah. huge fire explosions. and explosions the whole moat goes up all at once whoosh so we 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 had to go back and watch it we actually rewind like, and watched it the entire screen goes to fl- like fire like yeah. just like it wipes out it's yeah, like that's how big it was yes. and, and it's a practical effect yeah. this is not special or yeah. visual effects yeah. or anything this like is this. this is an actual explosion yeah. Yeah. yeah and who I, i'm sure it was a stunt man but Con- not conan <laughs> dar. dar is 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 standing about 10 to 15 feet from this massive explosion and you can tell he is still just wearing leather loin cloth. it yeah. did look like mark singer yeah, yeah. to be fair it, it did look like him. Yeah. I mean, it's it a nice wide shot when the flames go up and you see his little body 10 feet away. And he is getting just He's rained on. Yeah. Just in a flame cloth. There's no yeah. fire yeah. protect. I don't know how they did this. Yeah. And then even when they backed out, there was a couple other Throughout the characters. Fight. Well, who were even in that after that first one, like oh, debris yeah, right. is still raining down and yes. there's still primary characters in camera right. <laughs> in front of this fire. And then they have a massive like sword battle with a bunch Jun of the June Horde. Horde. People coming the June Horde are crawling out of this moat of fire crawling on fire. The fire. A yeah, lot of them have camera. fire on their back. Yeah. I mean, they're just going in and out of flame, yeah. left and right. Yeah, and it's sword battling, and then yeah. finally, you know, the the June Horde leader. We never find his name out. Yeah. Um, He's just the he he gets you know stabbed and then just like roundhouse kicked into, into the fire, the fire yeah. and you can tell he gets kicked off In, into the fire. Yeah. And like we commented that you can see just how hot it is because it is sucking all of the air around into the fire. Into, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and it's very clearly Mark Singer in his loincloth right. right there kicking you know that dude into the fire. It was very it's impressive. Cool. I was impressed. Yeah. I was like, wow, was how did they cool. do this? So yeah. throughout that fight, these guys that are on fire, never once is it the corny thing where the guy's wearing the whole fire suit and right. you just know it. And it's, yeah. Right? Yeah. These no. guys are wearing their leather and metal armor, whatever it is, that, and half of them are on fire and they're just fighting away like yeah. it's no big deal. And it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I mean, it, it awesome. probably helped. Like, I don't know if Tony Epper had any kind of say in this. Like, he obviously was a well practiced stunt stunt men at this point so i wonder if he kind of did a little double duty like no it's good just try to kick me into that mode of fire i'll be fine i'll be fine yeah i got a mask i I am curious if anybody got injured in this movie if they they know anything about that because i would not have been surprised it looked very dangerous so (laughs) i little anecdote um so obviously (laughs) they're dealing with a lot of animals yes none of the main characters did um, but one of the bear handlers oh, yeah. uh, got mauled like the very By first his time. Own bear. The very first time you see the bear um, on scene, the bear mauls the handler, <laughs> and about as quick as they can get the handler into An the ambulance. ambulance and off to the hospital, they're like, "Okay, kid, 
back it's on this scene. little teenage kid <laughs> who's got to go it's, in. It's yeah. young Dar yeah. having a showdown with the, a mental showdown with the bear. They're never in the same scene together. Yeah. They cut back and forth, but. Yeah. This was a big grizzly, which I, I did enjoy the scene because they kept cutting between two different bears. <laughs> yeah. one, one had blood or red something right, on its face. Its and then they cut to something else, and then they cut back to the bear, and the bear didn't have anything on its yeah. head, and which, yeah, it explains a lot. Probably but the bear's cousin. Probably. <laughs> probably. Would you have had one of that bear on your team? Uh, I'm more that into the black bear. bears, not grizzly bears. Oh. Okay. You're more yeah. of a snuggle guy. I wouldn't have, of a I wouldn't guy. have pushed it away, but I probably wouldn't have fed it. So. <laughs> if you want to hang out, sure. Yeah, you stay over there. You're on your own. You don't get to sit at the cool bear table. <laughs> All right. Any last comments? And then, so I'm going to ask you, you know, what you thought of the movie, and then. Should this be a, a guilty pleasure for me, or am I in the clear? Bracken, we'll start with you. Ooh, okay. Um, this was fun. I like this so much more than I was expecting. I really thought this was going to be painful, <laughs> and it was not. It was not the best movie of my life, but it was surprisingly moved fast. And the, the this movie is not paced well in that, you know, there's not a whole lot of stuff going on in the story. There's a guy in a loincloth walking around in the wilderness and he's stumbling upon his purpose for the movie. And it takes a little bit of time to get, in, to, get to where we need to go. But it was interesting. Um, I will say that, yes, it's a guilty pleasure. I don't think this is high-end cinema. And you shouldn't be proud of, you know, this isn't great. But, <laughs> but you know, for what it is, it was, I, you know, a lot, we've watched a lot of bad movies yeah. now, and, and now that we're in season four. And I have to say, this is probably on the upper end of the range as far as, dare I say, even acting. I yeah. mean, for this genre mm -hmm. of movie, the, you know, the acting level is not supposed to be that high. And I thought they all did fine, you know, for what for a Beastmaster movie. So, um, but uh, I surprisingly liked it more than I would. And would I recommend it? I mean, it was never slow for me, but I do think they probably, they could have easily cut some stuff out or made it move a little bit faster um, and helped it. But I didn't really feel like, oh, this is a half an hour too long, but they probably could have cut a half an hour out of it, made a really good tight movie. Um, but that's really all I got to say. I mean, it's just what it is. I, so I'm going to read you Variety's review of okay. this movie when it came out. Sure. When the Beastmaster begins, it is very hard to tell what it is about. An hour later, it's very hard to care what it is about. Another hour later, it's very hard to remember what it was all about. And I feel like you and Variety are kind of on the same page there. Yeah, I mean, I did. So you did give us this write-up, and I did read before I started the movie that he had the power or ability to talk to animals. And that probably helped me. Mm -hmm. Because if I just watched this movie cold without anything, I probably would have been until like halfway through the movie, oh, he's... Oh, I see. He's seeing what the animal's seeing, mm. or he's commu mm. okay. I see he's communicating with the animals and talking with them, or have that, that ability. It wasn't that clear to begin with, but 
to be fair, this is called Beast Master, not Beast Apprentice. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't pick that up. I would have just thought it was because he was wearing leather or like animal skins on him or something. That that's why he was Beastmaster. But okay, yeah. I did. You know, another thing I wanted to just add is that this movie kind of gave me some throwbacks to um, Clash of the Titans in a lot of ways. Oh like, yeah, like um, the the sandals, the, the Greek <laughs> mythology that the witches and the cauldron and oh yeah, and just kind of yeah. the uh, the the uh, protagonist having. Uh, he's fulfilling uh, the some prophecy. The it's prophecy. Like a he's of destined tasks. to kill the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, it, and it was the original uh, Clash of the Titans. Uh, this is a whole other tangent or story, but you know, some may love it and some may hate it, and for different reasons, or it's a cult classic for all those reasons. But and it's got some cool villains and special effects. But for me, I mean, this movie is very much in that vein, and. Uh, is in some ways I thought a little bit better than that movie. So in some ways maybe not, but has there's no Medusa in this. No, nope. it doesn't have something cool like that where they're shooting down Medusa in, in the dark. But um, it's still fun. So yeah. there's some there's some good stuff in this movie. Okay, Nate, let's go to you. Ooh. Well, I can't help but think that uh, when I, I I didn't get to put together my super team of animals. Oh yeah. So you bir- didn't get to do your team. <laughs> so in the bird category, I think I'd maybe pick a cassowary. Don't know what that because is. Because it can that a gut people bird? with its... It's a flightless bird with like, kills with like raptor yeah. claws. In real life. Yeah. yeah. Oh. They're mean. Okay. They have a, yeah. I have heard that. Um, they're like the emu's angry cousin. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, and since Beastmaster's at heart a family film... Yes, a film about a family. <laughs> yep. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, no, but I. I what, uh, so, the, all joking aside, there. But one one animal we didn't really talk much about was very important in the film was the dog. Oh right, Toto. So, uh, it was Toto. Oh Toto. Toto. Okay. Uh, Toto the dog. So T O D O. So the, the first Toto. one he connects with is the bear, and then that's when he's a kid, and then it cuts to him being older. Yeah. Yeah. And they have a. Um, in, you know, in a slick change for the Beastmaster, a white dog. Yeah, right. <laughs> as opposed to a, as opposed to a black black eagle or a painted tiger. I mean, sorry, Black Panther. Um, <laughs> but the dog, when the he's the reason that that Dar survives. The That's June right. Horde. That's true. Because Dar gets knocked down or mm-hmm. something. The Jin Horde. He gets hit him in the, in the back, back of the head. Oh, he gets beamed with a yeah. mace yeah. and he gets knocked out. And the dog drags him to safety even after taking an arrow. Yeah. And that is a hardy dog. Yeah. Sacrifices its life to save him. And it was kind of touching when he, you know, buries the dog mm-hmm. with his dad. Right. With his adopted dad. So I just thought it might be fair to mention that the OG beast of the beast. Mm-hmm. That's beast right. Is the dog. And whatever the dog beast. played that played dead. Oh yeah. The best I've ever acting. seen a dog. Like that dog was complete limp. Yep. And it was, it was a real dog because the truth is that if you see it, it breathes like when he puts For like it down a half there. Second. Yeah, yeah. You can see it actually excel. Oh. So it's not like a prop. It's yeah. an actual dog. Yeah. 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 And, Sorry. Um. <laughs> There's some off-screen action happening. Yeah. That's Reckon's losing the plot. But, uh, <laughs> He's the... So I remember watching this kid on TBS and uh, or watching the show on TBS and, and loving it as a kid. But I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like it's a guilty pleasure in so much that this genre is something that you would be ashamed to tell people that you like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of time as a younger teenager playing Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah. like, so I don't care. Like, <laughs> yeah. well, like, it's not as nerdy as it used to be. Yeah. So, right? yeah like when, when, when we were younger, like I, that would have been, that would have been a, yeah, you, yeah. you keep that a secret. Yeah. It would have been one of the many reasons I was a pariah. And so, <laughs> um, but now, you know, it's kind of cooler to do that. So right. I, I would say, I mean, this is not a great movie, but there are a lot of things that are done really well. Yeah. I think if you had this production crew, these actors with a better script, this would be a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a higher budget, too. I yeah. mean, the budget of this film is like less than a third of a boat crash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they made this movie for under $10 million. Most of that must have been the fire at the end. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was mostly insurance. It was fire insurance. <laughs> fire insurance and animal handling. Animal mauling insurance. <laughs> so, I mean, there were there are a lot of things going for this movie, I think. But it's definitely not, like Brackett said, it's not high cinema. I would say. Yeah. I would, I would sit. I would recommend you sit down and watch it with some buddies because it was we we made kind of jokes through. We didn't come up with the side plot, right? Other than like her assassin uh, squad, yeah. Other than her assassin squad or her being you know from the the thong order, <laughs> yeah. Um, and when he was a peasant in the village, the reason you could tell he was different from the other it's a different places because they had these weird half robe things they wore That's with their right. loincloth, yeah. Because you know shoulders are so important to protect. Rash guards. Yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, I would, I would, I recommend it. It was fun. It was a fun movie. I'm glad that I got to see it again after so many years. And then, so Ben, I'm yeah, gonna yeah. ask for your review. And I, I know you're a huge fan of yeah, the yeah. ferrets, and we didn't do a ton of oh, talking yeah, right. about these ferrets, but I want to hear your personal touch with, okay. with the ferrets. So the, like I said, I love this movie. That's already been said. Uh, I used to have a pet ferret, which I told the story about, mm-hmm. and my pet ferret's name was Kodo, named after Beastmasters, one of his mm-hmm. ferrets, because I wanted a ferret because of this movie, and I wanted to name it Kodo because of this movie. So, you were yeah. definitely a big fan of I was. this movie. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. So um, I recognize its shortcomings, okay, which is why it's a guilty pleasure. But there is so much, it, what amazes me is the amount of world building that is in here the fact that it doesn't really come from something pre-existing right you get these cool mythologies that we don't know like they don't bother to tell you about them they're just part of the thing they just are in the thing they just are and that lets your imagination think about what more is out there and Mm -hmm. what is the bigger picture who the heck are these weird creepy devourer things that scare you so much and Mm -hmm. um and are they good guys generally? Are they bad guys? Does it matter? You know, the Jun Horde, they're so creepy. The death, um, the death guards, they're so scary. Um, and then, uh, I mean, there's, it, there's just more world out there to this. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are sequels to this. And I haven't seen all the sequels. I've at least seen the second movie. And I watched the TV show, at least some of it. And none of it expanded the universe the way that I had hoped and so I stopped watching those things. And really, in my mind, all that exists is this first movie and whatever world exists in my mind beyond that. Um, I thought the acting was excellent. The dialogue is, is very, like, very simple. 
um, seriously, it's like no sentence is more than three or four words long. There's no deep explanation about anything. Um, and yet it's still okay because we still understand what's going on. And some of it might be because of the number of times I've seen the movie that I recognize different things. Like when the dog saves him at the beginning, there's a little tinkling sound that we also hear anytime he sees through or communicates with an animal. So what's happening is even though he's knocked out, he's communicating with this dog somehow and the dog is saving him. And it's possible that he's actually telling the dog, save me, right? Mm. That kind of stuff that, um, you know, maybe only because I've seen it a bajillion times that I even recognize that, which would mean that it's probably not great filmmaking. <laughs> but uh, it's got some good deep storytelling in it, in the simplicity that's there. The acting was excellent uh, for what it was. And I really like Dar, Mark Singer as Dar, because here's this guy who, very much like Conan, his family is destroyed. And he's trying to get revenge or whatever. He has a hard life growing up. Not as hard as Conan's, but um, Conan broods. And in just about every one of these movies, something with Dolph Lundgren or anything else, all of these, the main character is kind of this like broody, um, they Angry just want revenge head. and they're a meathead, right? Um, like, like the newest Batman movie? Yes, very much like like Batman, just like, <laughs> just not happy, right? Michael Keaton? No, the the Batman. Oh, the Batman. <laughs> not, but not from the Flash. No, no. But Mark Singer plays Dar. He is laughing and smiling throughout. He's like a very appealing character. Like this is a guy you want to know, and you want to be on Dar's side. You want him. You want to be his friend, uh, part of his team, whatever it is, you know, um, and. I think that, that that is one of the things that singles this out different from other movies of this genre. I love this genre in general. I like Sword and Sorcerer. I like Dungeons and Dragons, that kind of stuff, right? Um, so I really like that. I, I mean, and all of the other characters. There's no one in this. None of the characters that are in this are somebody who annoys me, mm -hmm. you know? I They all have their uh, appeal, and I like them for what they're doing. Um, so... There's so much that I love about this movie, um, and uh, I don't think it deserves the Rotten Tomato score that it gets. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you are if you are putting it on the scale of cinema, cinema, you know, yeah, there are some things that that it falls short on. But really, like the foreshadowing that we talked about, there is so much subtle foreshadowing throughout this thing where it's not blatant. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, we mentioned this thing, and then it comes back into play later on, and we already know about it because we see it. And then even in short periods of time, in the last battle, he's fighting the Jun Horde leader, and the Jun Horde leader has this cool mace with big blades on it, mm -hmm. and he, the, uh, he swings it early on, and it gets stuck into the wood mm -hmm. and the guy has to like wrestle it free later. Well, that exact same thing happens just a couple of minutes later and it ends up being his death, his downfall. right? And it's like, we totally believe it. We don't even question it because we've seen it happen before and it's clever. They could have done the whole fight without that ever happening once and we probably still would have bought it. But the fact that we saw it happen, mm -hmm. we just, you know, believe right into it. And that's good storytelling in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Anyway. So 
I adore this movie, and really, it is, it's in my, we'll call it my uh, dark top ten, like my <laughs> my deep, <laughs> deep net, what do you call it, dark it's, network, his you've, shadow you've top cut, ten. You've the, cut this out and put your, your face on it and tucked it into your wallet. That's right, yeah. <laughs> top ten, it's, Ben's guilty pleasure. It's, it's in my, yeah, maybe like that. The shadow top list. ten. The shadow top ten, that's shadow what we'll call guy. it. It's yeah. in my shadow top ten. It's not the top ten that I will freely admit, but yeah. if you... Yeah. If you know the password, I'll yeah. tell you. <laughs> Dar is my spirit animal. <laughs> so can I... Sure, you, jump in. Yeah, yeah, go so, ahead. I'm done. So when you were talking, uh, something that I I would say the biggest flaw in this film uh-huh. that we forgot to mention that I just wanted to bring up is the eagle sees uh, Kiri and four other oh, women right. were going to be sacrificed <laughs> by these priests. They go to uh, Dar and Seth and Tall go to rescue them on this ferry, you know, like which they do. Ferry boat, which, yeah, but yeah. the four women just disappear. Disappear during the fight. There's <laughs> no trace of them. You don't know anything about what happened to them. And like when you first meet Kiri, she's with another woman. Yeah, who never has a line. No, nope. she's just there we might see her later on but she is credited as as kiri's friend is she yeah and so she's she's blonde that's all i know and we see another blonde lady one other time but yeah so it it bugged me yeah like we're watching the movie like where are they that just disappeared i kept saying it like several times like what happened to these women like and the other priests because it was like a bunch of priests but you only see him kill like a a yeah, so they don't bring the four women with them on the boat, but they right. do bring three priests. That's right. right. Yeah. <laughs> then they have to like drop weight so they can escape faster. So they yeah. kick them off the side. I'm like, why didn't they? I don't know. So that <laughs> that bothered me. I think during the battle scenes, Tanya Roberts pushed them off screen. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a you know, yeah. cutthroat thing. So before <laughs> Brant, I have two questions for Ben. Yeah, Tanya Roberts in your wallet? No. <laughs> okay. Wallet. Mark Singer in your wallet. No comment. Twice. <laughs> it's a double fold. Oh, he's the center fold. Again. I hope you don't ask me about Rip Torn. Yeah. My wallet, so. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I, I think this... For the genre of movie that mm-hmm. it is, generally is not rated well. Yeah. So I think if we were to adjust that for genre inflation, yeah, if you normalize, I it. would say <laughs> yeah. it would be a fairly good High, movie yep. for what it is, and it being the '80s. Um, I like I said, I loved this movie growing up, and um, I it, it just the characters stuck out to me even 20, 30 years later after not seeing it for that entire time. I still have very clear pictures of them in my mind of what those looked like and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the menace that they were, which for me, I think is great storytelling. I didn't see the second or the third movie. I did watch the TV series, uh-huh. um, a little bit. Um, but I, I don't know as a kid, I, it, it like hit all the right notes. The only thing that I think would have made it different and better for me as a kid was space lasers and starships <laughs> like because that was my jam right yeah. it was like so i was like you know would it have been better if it had stayed closer to the novel i don't know um no. but i yeah i just i love this movie i i i'm like you it's not one that i go around telling people like hey what's one of your favorite movies and i'm like it's Beastmaster, <laughs> um because i like having friends yeah and um 
But oh, is that why? It's <laughs> <laughs> overrated, man. What if the ferrets could shoot lasers out of their eyes? Wouldn't that have been cool? That'd be like mm. SNL laser cats. Yeah. Right? Yes. Oh, laser yes. ferrets. They're like yes. Uzis laser with lasers. Oh, like, my. Like a laser We're going to make a new movie right now. <laughs> yeah. Is that like the laser raptors? Yes. All right. Um, Danny, is there anything you would like to add? This was your first viewing. I, I think it's a great guilty pleasure movie. Great. Great guilty pleasure movie. All right. Well, with that, where can people find us? They can uh, visit us at exceptionallybad.com. They can email us at theguys at exceptionallybad.com. Instagram at exceptionallybad.com. And Twitter. No, sorry, just at exceptionallybad. Oh, wow. <laughs> Twitter, as long as it exists. Uh, as long as you haven't exceeded your limit of, of tweets. You can only watch a certain number of tweets right now. Yeah. Ben, and, if, sorry, okay. go ahead. So I'm I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw oh. out a, a challenge. The the first five people to send us a message, we're gonna autograph our spirit animals. Oh nice! Like nice. I want here here's the sounds that you can look forward to. Yeah, danger close. Yeah, yeah. All right. So the first, and then there's the zebra. <laughs> The first five people to send us a message of your favorite movie and what you love or hate about this movie, if you've seen it, we will sign these and I will personally send them to you. That's awesome. So, how do um, they have to contact us? At any any one of our channels. Okay. Any one of our channels. So, uh, I have a question. Do your animals both make the same noise? They are subtly different. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a leopard. And this is... This is the king of the jungle. Okay, yeah. It's a little bit different. They are different. Yeah. Both sound like the zebra to me. It could <laughs> it could also be a white tiger that is dyed black. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Cool. Don't move. The beast is fierce. But if we show no fear, we might escape. Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?